Are you an EMDR therapist and parent who wants to make more money, have more time with your family, and get better results with your clients? Welcome to the Future Template Parent Podcast. I'm your host, Carolyn Solo, LCSW, EMDR consultant, business coach, and mom of three kids under seven. I realized that the grind of weekly sessions was taking a massive toll on my ability to be the kind of parent and therapist I wanted to be. So I dove headfirst into learning about intensives. I read all the books and articles and did all the trainings. Now I've transformed my schedule, my income, and my clinical outcomes by offering intensive EMDR in my practice. I want to teach you how to do this too, so you can build a practice you love and spend more quality time with your family. Let's create the future template for your life as a parent and as a therapist. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Episode 7 of the Future Template Parent Podcast. Thank you for joining me today, and thanks to all of you who've been listening. I so appreciate it. I'm your host, Carolyn Solo, LCSW, EMDR consultant and mom of three daughters. Today's episode is going to bring in a bit more of the parent in the future template parent than the past few episodes have done. I've been focusing more on intensives, and this will bring in parenting to the intensives structure a little bit. I'm going to talk about how I structure my intensives and how I plan my weekly and monthly schedule and why I do that. And that's where the parent stuff really starts to come in. So first of all, about structure. Of course, I start with an initial consult call. Not of course, you don't have to do that the free consult call, but I haven't really found another way to, um, you know, figure out what is a good fit for me. So (laughs) without the free consult call, some people don't do it. Some people uh, have an email that they use to rule out and and don't want to use any time, you know, give any free time, which is totally fine. The first contact with the client, you know, in person face to face is the intake session. Um, But I still like to do my 30 minute free consult. And in that I sort of check for goodness of fit I find out the referral source. I think it's really important to figure out who's referring to you, where you're getting, you know, if it's coming from your website, is it a personal referral, you know, just to help you track what's, what's working in terms of your marketing. We talk about why are they interested in an intensive? Um, I get a general idea of what the presenting issue is and why they're interested. If it's a client who doesn't know about intensives, you know, someone who just found my website usually or something and just uh, reached out to me. I give my little spiel about intensives and I say that I don't take new weekly EMDR clients. Um, If they're not interested in an intensive, which is of course fine, I refer out. Things I tend to rule out for in terms of clinical issues, uh, if it feels way outside of my niche, um, I work a lot with the perinatal and maternal mental health population, which is not to say I don't work with other people um, on intensives, but sometimes I feel like, you know, I know someone else who does this, let me connect them with that person. And if there's major developmental and complex trauma, I don't want to do the normal structure of intensives that I do. I feel comfortable working intensively with a complex trauma case, like sometimes we'll do two hour sessions, but I don't think that major developmental trauma with the attachment wounds is really ideal for a short term relationship, unless they have a primary therapist, you know, with whom I can communicate. Um, you know, if they have a weekly therapist that they're working with, and there's a reason why they've decided that an intensive would be a good adjunct, that that might be different. But I would probably want to talk to their uh, primary therapist first before I really agreed to do the intensive. I am really upfront about cost and insurance reimbursement, the fact that maybe their insurance will reimburse for the first hour a day, but 
maybe not even that. And I don't kind of, I never, uh, you know, do a sliding scale for intensives. Um, I have a couple sliding scale spots in my practice, but they're full and they're going to remain full for a long time. So that's just not something I offer because of how much it takes out of me. It's not really something where I can offer a really low fee. It just doesn't work well with what I'm putting into the work. Um, Then I tell them my structure and ask if they want to schedule the 90 minute intake session. This is the first paid component of the intensive. The 90 minute intake session, the majority of phase one happens here. I'll do history taking. We'll talk about in detail about the primary presenting issue. We'll do a little bit of a genogram, general family history, a little bit of, I'll ask a little bit about their experience with therapy. We do some treatment planning. I give them an idea of what I think we can accomplish in the intensive time. I tell them about the recent event protocol, which is what I tend to use for intensives, whether it's technically a recent event or not. I find that the recent event protocol works really well for treatment planning and focusing an intensive. I'll talk more about that in the future in a future episode. I also walk them through the workbook I use, which I got from my training with Zero Disturbance, and it's an amazing resource, which is made up of a variety of assessments, including a list of negative and positive cognitions, attachment and developmental history questionnaires, some resource identification, and more. And this array of information helps me and the client continue to refine the focus for the intensive and gives me a lot of information that it would take you know, a lot of individual sessions to collect. It saves time so we can spend as much time as possible in reprocessing. I ask the client to return it to me 24 hours prior to our first long session so I can review it. I schedule my intensives in three four-hour blocks over ideally two weeks. The days can be consecutive, but they don't need to be. I find that results are best when the days are relatively close, longer than two weeks, and it sort of seems like the intensive effect and the momentum diminish a little bit. I block out my entire day for the intensive. This is one of the reasons that my hourly rate is higher. I devote my full attention to the client on their intensive day. Generally, with that four-hour block, really it's five hours because we spend two hours working, take a one-hour break, and then work for two more hours. This works well for my energy levels, and the client seemed to appreciate the longer break as well. I think it helps a little with integration. So on the first day, we spend about an hour doing resourcing, introducing the kinds of BLS, reviewing the workbook, solidifying the treatment goals from the workbook, and talking about the RTEP, the recent traumatic event protocol. And then usually it takes about an hour, once we've done that for the first hour, an hour for the first step of RTEP running the movie of the full focus of the treatment plan, and identifying the stuck points and targets. Again, I'll talk about that more at a different time. And if we have time to start the first target before the break, we do. A few minutes before the one-hour break, we'll kind of just close down a little bit and just make sure they're okay. And I sort of check it. What are you going to do with this hour? You know, this is the time we'll be back. Then we take our one-hour break. And at the beginning of hour three, when they come back from the break, we take a few minutes to check in, see how they're feeling, you know, do they want to keep going with the target we're working on, and then we go full steam ahead with targets. And then at the end of hour four, so the end of the day, I leave 15 minutes to reflect, to review, to close down. If we need any, you know, resourcing, um, we talk about self-care a little bit. And then the next two days, so the next two days of the long sessions, The first like 15 to 30 minutes, we will like reflect, see how they've been since the other day, 
check in on the incomplete target if we had an incomplete target, and then we just go. Um, again, after the hour break, we'll take a few minutes to check in, keep going, close down at the end. If it's the final day, like day three, I'll give like maybe more like 20, 25 minutes at the end of the last hour so we can really kind of review the entire experience, talk about, you know, do they want to come back? Do they want to think about another chunk or like returning to their primary therapist? What are the things that they want to make sure they go over with them? You know, I asked, do you want me to be in touch with your primary therapist? There's parts of the workbook that we use during and after the intensive as well. And then I usually give them something to kind of mark the end of the experience, whether it's like a little plant or some kind of, you know, rock or something just to kind of commemorate all the work they've done. And it's a nice way to get some closure. So that's really my structure. It's really up to you to decide the structure that works for you. I have found this works well for my energy levels. And in terms of what we're able to get done in that time, you know, it's unlikely we're going to resolve someone's entire developmental trauma history or trauma history in this chunk of time, but we're going to really make some significant gains that they're going to notice. And that feels really um, validating for them and really like they've accomplished something and they put in some work. So on to how I structure my week and my month. Um, Full disclosure, I'm still working towards my ideal schedule and I'm not fully there yet. You know, it's always hard for us to make change for our clients, but we're working on it. I'm working on it. And I encourage you to start thinking proactively about what you want and how you might start transitioning weekly clients to your ideal schedule. For example, will you tell weekly clients that after a certain point, you're moving to every other week, so you have time in the alternate weeks for intensives or or something else? You could just go, say, full in and say, as of this date, I'm only doing intensives, whatever feels best to you. But I just want you to remember that this is your business and you get to choose what works for you. Even if your clients are, you know, have a little bit of a hard time with it, it's really up to you to think about what is going to work best for you because that's what's going to work best for them, right? If you're feeling resentful or frustrated or extremely tired, that doesn't help your clients, right? And if you're moving towards this new model, they deserve to know, they deserve to have some time to adapt and make decisions. But remember, modeling self-care and prioritizing your well-being in terms of your work life, and work life balance is such a good modeling for your clients. And of course, they can always book an intensive, right? You're not saying goodbye. So just some things to think about there. So for me right now, I still have a handful of weekly clients, I try to cluster them on two days of the week. So I have two days open for intensive clients. And I do try to take a full day off every week. It doesn't always happen, but I try. And this generally means I can book two intensives a month. I have told my weekly clients that I will be all intensive blocks by the beginning of the fall this year, as in they can book an intensive day, the four hours, you know, the two hours, the lunch break, and then the two hours, but then I'm not going to be doing sort of traditional hourly weekly. And of course, I have a great network to refer out to if they still want weekly. So it's not like I'm just leaving them in the lurch. And I have, you know, EMDR, I know a lot of EMDR therapists, so I'm not abandoning them. And and I know that can feel hard, but It's important to us to sort of not perpetuate these kind of codependent relationships with our clients, which I use that word with caution because I think it can be overused. But putting our needs first is not selfish. It's the best way we can take care of ourselves and then provide the best care for our clients. I have kept a couple and I will continue to keep a couple of high need, high acuity clients. I have some clients with dissociative identity disorder and a couple and one client who 
um, is very high risk and I've been working with for a while. So I will keep them as weekly. And again, it's up to you, right? Check in with yourself first about your goals and needs and not just putting your client's needs ahead of yours, right? Which we often do. So why have a schedule like this? For me, it's all about flexibility for my family. For one, I have a spouse who has a really rigid and inflexible full-time demanding job, right? He's out of the house by eight at the latest, home between 6.30 and seven. And that's how his job is. He doesn't have the option of leaving early frequently. You know, he doesn't have the flexibility I do. And we have two kids in school and one who's not yet school age, but everyone needs to be dropped off and picked up and shuttled around. And for me, with the intensives, when I have that five-hour block, I can start late and end early so I can get everyone where they need to be and pick them up and all those things. And also, you know, when you have kids, you have things like kids getting sick. You have lots of doctor appointments. Maybe your kid needs a mental health day. I firmly believe in modeling those for our kids as well. Um, I think I shared an earlier episode that earlier in sort of fall of 2022, my oldest child was starting kindergarten and she was having some challenges. We were realizing that she had some, we already knew, but it was becoming, and we knew the transition to kindergarten was going to be difficult, but it became very clear that we needed to be instituting some other supports. And so I needed to have the flexibility to be there for her. Like, what if she needed to be picked up from school? What if, you know, she has a bunch of doctor appointments now that we take her to, I take her to. So, you know, I needed to have that flexibility and not just be like, I'm out of the house from nine to five every day and I can't, it can be hard to last minute cancel clients, especially feel like you feeling like if you have to do it a lot, which can happen with kids, especially after COVID when I guess COVID is not over, but I'm sort of talking about how there was that period when our kids all went to school masked and that was so important and, and certainly for protecting everyone's health and community spread and all that. But it meant that when the masks came off last year, kids got sick a lot more, at least mine did. So, you know, I had to have the flexibility in my schedule to be able to pick kids up, to be able to keep kids home. And it's a lot easier to reschedule one intensive day than six individual clients, right? And also, I can choose not to work on days when there's a lot going on. If, if I schedule a bunch of appointments for one of my kids, I just won't schedule anybody that day. And, and a day with no intensive session is usually a day off, right? It's not just fewer clients, like, it's a day off, right? I don't, I'm not, you know, oh, I'm only going to see two people today. You know, if I don't have an intensive client, the days that I reserve for those are open. So I can get in work on other projects, I can clean, I can do laundry, I can do house stuff, I can do errands, I can go to my own doctor appointments, I can get my hair cut, you know, all those things feel so hard to fit in around a demanding hourly client schedule. It's also easy to take a full one, two, three, whatever, a month, weeks off without worrying about clients being abandoned and not seeing you for a long time. So that's another great thing about it. I just feel like it gives me so much more schedule flexibility, right? And I don't want to be the on-call therapist for people. It's just, I don't really have the flexibility in my schedule to, you know, schedule an emergency session if a client needs one, to respond to a text if a client's having a hard time. Again, I, you know, I also am a firm believer in boundaries in the therapeutic relationship, but there are times that things come up and I just was really struggling to meet those needs. So the intensive, when I'm only seeing a client for a few weeks and then they're off on their way, that's just not a part of the relationship. And that's very liberating for me. And also, I just think best for my clients, because I could not show up for them in that way. 
So that is a little bit about how I structure my own intensives and what that has meant in terms of how I structure my weekly and monthly schedule. And then also, you know, why have this schedule? And the title of my podcast is The Future Template Parent, right? And of course, all of you know that the future template in EMDR is thinking ahead after you've done reprocessing about what's the future going to look like with these changes that you've made. And then the parent part for me is that I really needed to have a different future template about my parenting life. I was not showing up in the ways that I needed to for my kids when I was working so many hours and felt so you know, chained to the hourly and weekly schedule. The future template I had for my life as a parent was being more available for my kids, especially when they're so little. And also when they're older, I mean, kids don't stop having needs when they're out of diapers, right? So those were some things for me that were just really, really important and helped me think about, you know, my future template for parenting. So um, my next episode, I think I'm going to talk a little bit about RTEP, the recent trauma traumatic event protocol and how that informs how I schedule and structure my intensives. So I hope you will join me then. And if you're interested in working with me, if all this is intriguing to you and you'd really like to implement this in your own practice, um, I offer a coaching package that will get you up and running with intensives in one day. And you'll make back your investment when you book your first intensive. Another incentive, if you're still working towards certification, you can count some of these hours towards your consultation requirements. Also, I offer like one-off consultation for certification if, if you're interested in that. Check out my website site www.futuretemplateparent.com for more details on how to work with me. I have a Calendly link there. You can just go ahead and book a discovery call. Um, So I'm excited to have you join me for the next episode when I'm going to be talking more about RTEP and how that can be really, really helpful in terms of structuring an intensive. And I will talk to you then. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Future Template Parent Podcast. I hope you've learned something that can help you move from feeling overwhelmed to energized about your practice and your personal life. You don't have to choose one over the other. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, and please share it with another EMDR therapist who would benefit from hearing this episode. Each review helps us get the message out about how offering EMDR intensives can liberate your practice. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app so you don't miss a single episode. See you next week.